Sefer Bereshit, Parshat Bereshit, on overcoming the stain of violence. This week we begin the yearly Torah cycle with, of course, Parshat Bereshit. This Torah portion, by necessity, covers a lot of firsts, the first people, the first Shabbat, the first exile, and disturbingly, the first murder, Cain's fratricide of Abel. The Torah famously tells us, Cain spoke to his brother Abel, and when they were in the field, Cain set upon his brother Abel and killed him. The Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? We learn naturally that we are in fact our brother's keepers. But did Cain know that? One might ask, how can we blame Cain if the Torah has not yet been revealed and eternally condemned murder on such a lofty level as to carve it in stone as a violation of the Ten Commandments? A few different explanations are possible. For one, instructions from God very much did exist before Revelation at Mount Sinai. In the Musar, the ethics text Shnei Luchot Habrit, the 17th century mystical rabbi Isaiah Halevi Horvitz argued that Cain did receive warning from God in the verse before the murder when God tells him, surely if you do right, there is uplift. But if you do not do right, sin crouches at the door. Its urge is toward you, yet you can be its master. Horvitz found deep moral guidance from this on the topic of Teshuva, repentance. He wrote, The lesson we have to derive from all this is that if we do perchance commit a transgression, we should repent immediately and try to repair the spiritual damage. Failing to do so brings about the great danger that one transgression leads to another. Had Cain heeded God's warning to mend his ways, he would not have become the first murderer in history. Having failed once to heed God's advice, he not only murdered but turned heretic when he responded to God's question, where is your brother Abel? With the words, am I my brother's keeper? Implying that there is neither judge nor justice in this world. This warning, though, did not explicitly tell Cain not to kill his brother, just to do what is right. Perhaps, however, Cain knew that murder is wrong by virtue of knowing that humanity was made in the image of God, as it says in the first chapter of our Parsha, and God created humankind in the divine image, B'Tselem Elohim, creating it in the image of God, male and female God created them. After the flood, God uses this concept as the basis for a more direct prohibition of murder says, whoever sheds human blood by human hands shall that one's blood be shed. For in the, in the image of God was humankind made. Further, the medieval philosopher and scholar Moses Maimonides taught, Adam, the first man, was commanded with six commandments. One, idolatry. Two, blessing euphemistically the name of God, i.e. cursing. Three, murder. 
Four, illicit sexual relations. Five, thievery. And six, establishing a system of justice. The seventh and last of the Noahide laws, the Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach, the commandments that apply to all of humanity, not to eat a limb torn from a living animal, was given only after the flood. But these other commandments, such as the prohibitions of theft and murder, the tradition teaches were given to Adam, and therefore to everyone before and after we receive the Ten Commandments. Still, even in belief systems that don't subscribe to some kind of direct revelation of commandments, humans acknowledge the notion of natural morality. People were created with a conscience, and every human innately knows murder is wrong. Therefore, we can all recognize that acts of violence are an insult to the gift of life we've all been given. The Talmud conveys this universal value by saying, anyone who destroys one soul, the verse ascribes him blame as if he had destroyed an entire world. In Genesis, God describes Cain's murder of Abel in similarly harsh terms, saying, Hark, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Therefore, you shall be more cursed than the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. We see in the Torah that this murder is the first documented act of violence. Cain, however, is by no means the origin of it. It says near the end of the Parsha, as God is about to enact the flood, the Lord saw how great was human wickedness on earth, how every plan devised by the human mind was nothing but evil all the time. Of course, this is a bit of a hyperbolic statement. People have a good inclination and an evil inclination. People have the opportunity to, as it says in the Torah, choose life. The Zohar, the seminal and, and paradigm-shifting mystical commentary on the Torah, reminds us that in God's very warning to Cain, God says, sin crouches at the door, yet you can be its master. A person can defeat the urge toward violence. How does one do this? The Zohar points to the book of Proverbs, Sefer Mishle, where it says, better to be lightly esteemed. This, is the, this the Zohar says, means one who does not follow the evil inclination and does not act haughtily, but humbles their spirit, heart, and will before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Holy One be blessed. Then the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, becomes their servant as it cannot control them. By seeking to minimize ourselves, we can purge ourselves of the desire for destruction. According to the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, almost half a million homicides are committed in a year. In the language of the Jewish tradition, this is the blood of half a million people crying out from the ground, half a million universes destroyed. The Torah, from the beginning, exposes this horrific human vice and terrifying societal ill to teach us that there's nothing more destructive than violence against bodies of people. Even in non-murderous cases of violence, violating someone's body is, in addition to damage done to that person, their holiness, and their dignity in that moment, also violates their spirit. 
Their external security and internal security are inseparably linked. Part of the challenge here is that virtually every code of ethics allows for some levels of violence done to others towards one's threatening enemy. And the problem then is that dehumanization can become all too easy and violence can become too easily justified in a world of us versus them. Scholars such as Harvard professor Steven Pinker have pointed out that on the whole, humanity has gotten better and better throughout history at reducing the prevalence of violence. Still, this stain on society persists. The world is better than it used to be, perhaps, but with each murder being an infinite loss, we need to do more. We need to both educate and legislate. While we cannot change human nature, we can mold it. That is the spiritual and pedagogical task. Part of the spiritual work is teaching our interconnectedness as people, which can help us avoid rhetoric that leads to dehumanization and human division. We can learn to live with an elevated spiritual consciousness of human interconnectedness. In addition to education, at the same time, we must, in the political realm, leverage society with tools and laws to influence human behavior for the better. Humans do not face any less of an evil inclination than we did thousands of years ago. But a better and more humane environment has enabled us to be more equipped in many cases to resist it. By showing the world that yes, there truly is a better way than violence, we can help bring creation to the moral level of human justice that God commands of us. May it be so. Shabbat Shalom.